Madder than a box of frogs this week, welcome to Hand of Pod. listeners to hear that when we talk of madness we're talking about Ricardo Caruso Lombardi we'll be telling you exactly what he's been up to this week, month, uh, whatever, very very shortly but first of all uh, allow me to introduce myself, I'm Sam Kelly and my cohorts here on Hand of Pod as always uh, English Dan is here. Hello and welcome to the recording. And um, we're joined this week by Santiago Muñagurria. Thanks for having me back. A tiny bit better at pronouncing Yeah yeah that was good. Welcome everyone. Uh, welcome back. Um, the first thing that we have to get onto straight away, because it's hilarious, is the <laughs> absolute meltdown, all kinds of different coloured shit hitting the walls at Argentinos Juniors. I'm oh, sorry, I'd like to contest that it's not hilarious in the slightest. Go on, <laughs> Why is it not hilarious? Because it's helping in the Benyende escape from the relegation. <laughs> and that seems to me, you know, I think we're not going to go into conspiracy theories, because when we do, everything just goes out of control. But it's a fix. <laughs> so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, Argentina Juniors began uh, the, the the post hand of pod week at least um, last weekend by getting a I'm now scrubbing now so I can remind myself 3-1 kicking it was yes they lost 3-1 at home to Belgrano on Monday um, which is two days ago as we're recording um, after which on Tuesday the board made an announcement in the afternoon they said we've we've rescinded Diego, uh, I forgot his name. Placente, uh, uh, thank you. I want to say Diego Platense. I'm getting <laughs> my people, my clubs mixed up. Uh, Diego, uh, oh god, I was going to do it again then. Placente. Um, contract at the request of manager Ricardo Caruso Lombardi, and we've also rescinded Ariel Garcia um, and Anibel Matechans, Matelan, Matechan, Matechan, isn't it? Um, contracts as well. Um, yeah, the three oldest guys in the squad. Th- this is fine. There was lots of stuff going around on Twitter from fairly sort of closely connected to Argentinos journalists saying Caruso was convinced that these three players had been plotting against him in the dressing room. It was all very Jose Mourinho-like, really. Yeah, uh, pretty common regard in yeah. Caruso, like yes, paranoia exactly. and. But he does. He does deny that. He 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 says it's been. He, he wasn't responsible for it. Well, precisely, because but what then happened uh, so, yeah. was that uh, Fox Sports, the TV channel, have a, a weekly, at least d- during the week, it's daily, um, radio show, uh, which is, is broadcast simultaneously on a radio, and which uh, we call Radio del Plata, which you might see us tweeting about from time to time. Um, and they were talking about this, and then they got a phone call from Colonel Solombardi himself saying, what's this about? No one told me. First I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they challenged him. They said, really? Because the board are saying they did it with your blessing. And after about five minutes, he went, well, no, all right. I did tell them to, to, to San Vicente, but the other but two, this is the, the first I've two. heard about it. Yeah. I learned about that from, from you guys talking about it just now. And um, he also says that, um, I mean, Placente has only played one match since he got there. Yeah. Whereas Matechan and Garceja played every single match. Yeah. 
since he got there. So yeah. It doesn't um, really make a lot of sense. And, and he's claiming that there's this dressing room clique. He's claiming border against him. He's he's basically just being cuddled so and blaming everybody but himself, isn't he? Um, now the president's resigned as well? Or was that yeah, Luis yeah, Segura, also uh, the Argentinos president, an affluent vice president, and uh, one of the men sort of most central to the ridiculous uh, teenage racing fan conspiracy theory that we mentioned last week about Argentinos selling their, their relegation to keep Independiente up, um, has announced that he's going to be stepping down from his post at the at the AFA at the end of the season, and that he'll also be stepping down as Argentinos president at the end of the season. Is it ridiculous, though? Because La Sente today has said that um, that everyone in the, uh, in the Argentinos uh, club thinks that they're already relegated. And they're three points above Independiente. Yeah, they're not even in the relegation. They're not even in the relegation. Really so... If they were, like, in Union's, Union's place, yeah, like, sure. you know, ten points adrift, then yeah. But They still depend on themselves to get saved. Yeah, exactly. so yeah. How they, have, they, they have now lost five games in a row, which isn't great. No, and Independiente are in, well, Independiente are in good form, good form, albeit the, the three in the last four they've won. But you think, say, they, very poor I mean, they've got Estudiantes this week, right? Uh, Independiente or Argentina? Argentina. We've got this weekend the, the games yeah. in question are Independiente uh, away to Belgrano yeah. and Argentinos uh, away to Estudiantes. Estudiantes. Yeah. Yeah. So you think Estudiantes are pretty much the only team who've been worse than Argentinos this year? Well, but the, it's, so it's Argentinos a matter of win against Estudiantes and, and yeah, they need to lose against Belgrano, which what happens? But what Estudiantes, Estudiantes now are picking it up. That's the yeah. thing. Estudiantes yeah. have got something like, ooh, so is it three wins in the last? Yeah, if, uh, no, so if you come to Copa Argentina, it's uh, three wins in the last. I think it's three wins. If you come to Copa Argentina, they, 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 they've been doing quite well since Pellegrino started. But, but, it's but this, no, but this is my point. You know, Argentina's going to get a win in La Plata and Independiente, as you know, the form book had said, uh, said they should, go and lose in Belgrano, mm. and they got a six point lead again with four games to go. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, but, yeah, in but any you other know, situation, you say, in that case, they'd be almost safe. It's just, yes, abs- yes, it's just absolutely mind-boggling how yeah, yeah. No, the team's already gone down. They're not even in the relegation zone. No. And, and they've been but even if they seem to be going really well, I, I mean, I remember a couple uh, hundred parts ago, we were talking about Independiente and saying that there wasn't almost any chance of them getting saved. And no, I remember in that one we didn't even take into account yeah. Argentinos. No. I remember I told you in the first, very first hand of pod that I was that Argentinos could be in the next downfield where you know a team that didn't even yeah. seem to be uh, in the in the game for relegation and then suddenly drops dramatically and and gets relegated and that's what seems to be happening now. They seem to be going down yeah, in a fire <clears throat> and. And what's, yeah. Caruso, what's Caruso been saying today? Because Santi, before we started recording, you mentioned that... Yeah, it, it was a very, also, very funny breakdown live on TV where he started insulting Placente, saying that um, Placente, Placente has played for the Argentinian squad. He's a pretty well-known player here. And uh, about to retire now. And he's also and an Argentinian fan, right? He's a he, he's an Argentinian fan, yeah. yeah. So he, he, should, uh, he showed up uh, on TV, on live TV, almost crying. Uh, saying that he was about to um, to quit football because he's, uh, I think he's 33 years old. Yeah, he doesn't want to play for another club. He doesn't want to play for any other club anymore. And he's saying that everyone at the club thinks they're already getting relegated, that they're building the team for the second division now. He, he called Carlos Lombardi false and yeah, said that yeah. his whole record well, was a lie or something. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's not news to anyone. But then Caruso, almost at the same time, shows up in another channel and starts calling uh, Placente. Yeah, it's hard to 
<laughs> translate on the fly, but he's basically calling him uh, an asshole and a coward. And, That's a good uh, enough translation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and saying that he should go fuck himself and stuff like that, like on live TV at 2 p.m. <clears throat> and they, they almost, at the studio football, they almost had... Placente on one screen and Caruso Ooh. on the other talking to each other and, until one of the center. journalists, Alejandro Fabri, said, no, we're not doing this. And no, he, Alejandro he Fabri, said, one of the very few yeah. sensible, yeah. good The only journalists. one in that, in that TV yeah. show, actually. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's surrounded by clowns. And so they, that didn't happen, unfortunately, because it would have been, been brilliant. Would have been brilliant yeah. So yeah, there's a huge rant by Caruso. It's four minutes long and he starts getting excited and excited and talking and talking, not stopping. <laughs> basically calling Placente a coward, an asshole, and all of that. And then on and top of this, we have, as we mentioned already, there's Segura announcing that he's going to be stepping down. Yeah, he was very insulted on the Argentinos. Argentinos plays a home game. Against, they lost at home against Belgrano. And some random Argentinos fan also threw a set of false teeth to Caruso, Caruso which was... Yeah. <laughs> saying he's false, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, well, he's, was, he's, he's yeah. been interviewed today, hasn't he? He's, uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but apparently he wants to donate the teeth to the club museum. Um, and <laughs> he's actually, unfortunately, they weren't his own false teeth that he took out of his mouth and threw. He's a, he's a dental, so, uh, he's uh, a dentist. So, so <laughs> he, he, he brought a, a couple of thing. false teeth yeah. to the stadium Prisons. in order to throw it at Caruso yeah, his, his in case they lost. His logic was that he was trying to tell the players that you've got to... Mordar, which I guess is bite, or bite isn't it? Um, or you're going to go down. <laughs> uh, clearly, he'd, he'd like Luis Suarez to be put up front for Argentinos. Um, I think they would, yeah. I think a lot of fans they've got at the moment. No denying that. Um, but yeah, so that's. Uh, have we missed anything else that's happened with Argentinos in the last two to three days? No, I think that's. There's been so much. Ariel Garcet, of course, if you recognise the name and couldn't remember where from when I mentioned it at the very beginning. It's the guy that brought uh, the Maradona, Maradona dreams. dreams. Uh, yes, the, the guy who appeared in Maradona's dream and was subsequently uh, included in the, in the Argentina World Cup squad in 2010. Um, was it him specifically or was it a Santa, a Santa Fe defender? I can't remember. It was, it was Garcet. Apparently Garcet's face was the only yeah, one that yeah, Maradona that he could, could make out in the crowd. Yeah. Dream. Ah. So he Bernardo dreamed that he was lifting the yeah. cup but at the he time, made out Garcet's face. Right. At the time he was playing for Colón. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, Bilardo said that means you, that means he's a cabala. That means he's a good luck charm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Akinfos and Belgrano uh, were not the only sides in in action this weekend. There were eight others, in fact, in the Primera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what's next on our? Might as well go on to Independiente. Well, oh, yeah. well, I'll just try and stick to the the order first of all, because uh, a, a side in even worse form than either Akinfos or Independiente this this season. Actually, possibly not quite as bad as Argentinos. No, they've won two now. Uh, Boca Juniors. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. Finally. Finally. After 12 consecutive matches of trying and failing, the 13th attempt, they've managed to win an uh, elite match. Um, first one since the first domestic win. We need to keep clarifying, because obviously they've been doing quite well in the Copa Libertadores, rather annoyingly, um, since the first round of the Doneo Final. Uh, the goal was scored by Juan Manuel Martinez three minutes into the second half in front of an empty La Bombonera. Quite funny that they managed to win on their first uh, game with no audience, you know, for a long time. I, I don't remember yeah. when was the last time that Boca's field got suspended. The day before the match, I saw a Boca fan Twitter account saying, it's not surprising that we've, been, that we've had our stadium closed for a match and that we're going to have to play one match behind closed doors for, you know, 
square brackets for causing all that massive amount of trouble yeah. at the Super Classical. Um, he says, if you look at the sanctions given to Boca, they're always so much harder than every other team in Argentina, <laughs> which is very difficult to read and not yeah. laugh at, really. Um, yeah, I, I think a Chacarita fan would definitely not agree to that. All fans think that they're the worst treated, of course, but Boca's are um, in Probably a particularly the best bad yeah. position to make such a claim. Um, I think, yeah, there's not too much to say about Boca in the league now. I think you know huh. they're just going through the motions now. They we just got an you know incredible week for them and for Newell's as well because they're going to meet each other three times in a week. Indeed, and we'll talk about that later because it involves the Copa Libertadores. Um, but as you say, Dan, uh, well, first, I mean, it doesn't say very much for Colón, but they'll pick themselves up and dust themselves off, I'm sure, and they'll be they'll be better uh, than yeah. Boca will for most of the rest of the season, I suspect. Um, so. Let's, let's talk about Independiente, since, since you wanted to. They've won again. Juan Caicedo scored two goals. For the first time since he got in Independiente. He seemed to be all, all willpower, but no technique at yeah. all. <laughs> and occasionally that'll yeah. work for you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 3 1 against San Martín de San Juan. Uh, Fernando Godoy got the, the scoring going, and then Caicedo scored twice. Uh, Humberto Osorio, the, the Colombian. Uh, got the yeah. goal for San Martín. Did either of you see that game? Because I missed it. No, but what I say is interesting about that game is. It, Basically marks a complete turnaround by uh, Brindisi since he took over. I don't know if you guys remember when, just after he, he went into the job, he said, right, the the key to, um, to avoiding relegation is going to be experience. I'm going to put all um, all these old old guys in the squad. They're all going to yeah. play and they're going to get it. They went in and they carried on losing. So he's basically done a, com- a complete U-turn and I think about eight of the first team who took the field on... I see we've got on Saturday or Sunday, whatever it was, we're like from the academy. That looks about right. We've got Diego Rodriguez in goal, Vaches, yeah. Galeano, Morel Rodriguez, Michalde in defence, then Godoy Vargas, Ferreira in midfield, Daniel Montenegro, Juan Caicedo and Adrian Fernandez. Yeah, yeah it's so basically yes, everyone but Farias. Farias isn't even travelling tonight to Chaco. Um, uh, Independiente is playing tonight against Boca Unidos for the Copa Argentina yeah, in Chaco yeah. and Farias isn't even travelling there. So he's basically... Yeah, he's banned from the yeah. team. He's out. Mm-hmm. That, that game is kicking off in about three minutes' time, but unfortunately, we won't be able to give you Hand of Pods customary as live and not really live updates because uh, it's not being televised, it's, it's being streamed online. Um, but it's not, not being biased. televised, as so many other Copa Argentina games aren't being yeah, televised. Yeah, like yesterday. We, we will be talking about the Copa Argentina in a short while because, of course, Santi's here and his side played yesterday. And we um, but elsewhere in the relegation race, we had a really good performance from Union. Uh, who managed a 2-2 draw against River Plate, having gone 2-0 up. It could have been 3 before half-time, but uh, yeah. uh, Marcelo saved the penalty. If they had a serious goal scorer and not Francois, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, San Martín lost to Independiente, so there's two results that really... Well, one result at least that helps Independiente. I'm not sure the Union result is going to matter either way to Independiente. Um, and as we've mentioned, Argentinos losing, so Independiente is still looking good. But it has to be said, they've got four games uh, unbeaten. They won three, they drew the other one. The draw was nil-nil against Lanús, which is yeah. impressive in its own right, although Lanús have fallen off slightly, as we'll mention in a short while. Um, but the other three, the, the three that they've won have been against Argentinos, Unión and San Martín. Yeah. So, I mean, direct rivals, yeah. No, no, points direct rivals, points, but also three really fairly poor teams. Yeah, sure, but, but, but if they lost those games, they do now. So, I, I mean, yeah. I, I think they, those were key matches to them. But, I mean, this, this coming weekend, for instance, as we've just mentioned, yeah. they're playing... Well, Belgrano, which is going to be much trickier, yeah. I think. So, it, it, you know, they're, they're four games unbeaten, but it's going to be very interesting to see what they do in the yeah. next two to three weeks. 
because um, they can very easily slip down there again, unless, of course, this refereeing conspiracy business that we've talked about <laughs> so much in the last few weeks actually is true, and they're going to be helped. Um, we should say. But the 2-2 the draw between Union and the River feeds into the next point, which is that nobody wanted to win the title this weekend. <laughs> okay, yeah. Nobody could actually win the yeah. title this weekend, but all of the top three drew. Well, I think you can excuse, out of all those results, you can say... Newell's. Probably Newell's, you can excuse. They, they come off a very tough match against Villas midweek. And yeah, and they don't seem to be Playing away to Kinema is yeah. like never an easy game. So yeah, I think they'd be happy with the point there, especially yeah. more so that and their and I think the, the tiredness in Newell's legs kind of showed. I mean, the, the Kinema's goal yeah, was 1-1, um, and the Kinema's goal was, was very late. It was about four minutes. And the Newell's goal was very early too. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. It was, let's see, Nassio Koko scored in the eighth minute. He had one saved as well, didn't he? A penalty. Yeah, um, but uh, Dulcic... Uh, Dulcic is not even Kilmer's first choice goalkeeper. No, he was playing because Tripoli, Tripoli was, was mm-hmm. suspended. Yeah, yeah but he um, had a brilliant match. Yeah, I, I saw that game in full and, and he, it was brilliant. I mean, I didn't even know who Dulcic was and he actually uh, had a brilliant match. He, I think I'm right in saying it was mm-hmm. his first first team match since the Clausura 2005 or something. <laughs> which is, yeah. like, he, he's just been playing reserve games for the last eight mm-hmm. years, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why has he stayed in football? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and, and then he comes straight back into the first team and does something like that. It was, it was astonishing. Well, um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, Newell's, Newell's dropped points on the Saturday. Yeah, but as you said, it, it, it really showed that they were tired. I mean, yeah. they, they, they didn't. Uh, most um, teams who are playing the Copa and the tournament as well, they try to use some reserves, you know, to, to get their players to rest. Um, Martino doesn't seem to be to be doing that of course they're first in the league now or they're, they're you know they're yeah. uh, fighting for the championships or they're meant to uh, try and go for it but still uh, I don't know how that will you know influence their match against Poca no, Martino's admitted that the, the whole club are desperate to win something uh, while he's there still uh, and that's yeah, why that's he's true. out full strength squads in every single game but he probably does wish that Niels maybe had a four or six point gap so they could just rotate occasionally at least um, the other side, as we mentioned, Sunday saw the, the draw between Union and River. River were 2 0 down at half time. Rallied very impressively, I thought, in the second half. Um, in both of River's recent second halves, they've looked so much better than in the first half of the same match against Kilmes and against sorry, against All Boys and against um, against Union. They just look so much better when they have to play at pace. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I'd, I'd much rather see them playing a you know well thought out kind of counter-attacking game and using the pace that they've got in their squad because it's so much more fun to watch them. Yeah, that's really dreary. When they're trying to control games, okay, everybody likes, or lots of people like tiki-taka and yeah. flowing... Yeah. I think that's very similar. You can say that for a lot of Argentine you know, teams as well. They just don't have the quality to... No, exactly. I mean, I'd, and I'd love to see River play that way, but at the yeah. moment... Yeah, there's no, maybe no, two no, no. or three teams who can do that in the yeah. whole league. Yeah. Maybe. So... But I thought it was quite impressive for River. I mean, the, 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 there was a lot of talk about um, River losing two points in their in their Union match, and I think that they actually pulled off. Uh, it, after what happened in the first half, it wasn't a bad draw. Uh, no, I mean, uh, Union, of course, they're getting relegated, but they, they don't seem to be such a bad team as they make they make them to be. Or, no, or and if, if you play decent football, yeah. and they've decided clearly that okay, we're going down, but we're going to go down kicking and screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a nice point that they got mm-hmm. that they got there. I mean, it wasn't a away match. They were losing 2-0 after half yeah, time. So, definitely good uh, You know, it's one of those points that at the end of the season you're saying was a good point after all. Yeah. Sure, the thing that makes it frustrating is, is they you know, the same thing that makes it frustrating for Newell's fans. Uh, 
the same thing that makes it frustrating for Lanús fans is that in all cases the other two teams in the race yeah. drop points as well. Yeah, yeah. And and a bit of it's a relief Monday night. frustration as well because you didn't lose anything but you also didn't gain anything. Precisely, yeah. Um, and on Monday night Lanús were away to Tigre and got a nil-nil draw. Uh, I can't remember very much of that match. I was, was half watching most of it but nothing really happened. Um, except after the game when Nestor Gorosito, the Tigre manager who has had a managerial spell at Lanús before, made a point of mentioning that they are bugger all fans with them, didn't they? And he said it's been a very long time since Tigre's uh, stadium was that cold. Uh, <laughs> sort of making reference to the fact that Lanús had brought many people with them for a game that kicked off at, what was it, quarter past nine on a Monday night. Yeah. That's surprising, really. Um, but yeah, this of course meant that the chasing pack had the chance to close the gap, which they did. Goloy Cruz got a 3-1 with Abelbella Southfield. Arsenal and Sarandi, Santi's side, got a 1-0 Racing, which we're going to go on to in a second. Then you invited Santi here for the show. What do you think? San Lorenzo got a 3-0 win away to all boys. San Lorenzo possibly challenging for the title all of a sudden. So those three sides, the media of course, are all just saying what we've now got is Newell's on 29, Lanús on 28, River on 26, and San Lorenzo on 23. They're completely ignoring the fact mm. that Arsenal and Godoy Cruz are both also on 23. They're just <laughs> concentrating on the big five side involved. Um, but it is a tightening title race. There are those three sides are only six points behind the leaders now. Um, and so now, guys, I'm going to throw open the, the, the court to you two mm-hmm. to talk about Arsenal versus Racing, which was the first match of the weekend, after all. Yeah, it was indeed. Uh, no, I think I can say from the point of view of Racing, if I can go first. Really, really disappointing game. I mean, we know every time you go to the Viaducto, it's not a particularly pleasant place to go for, for an away team like Arsenal and make it very difficult for every team that comes. And yeah, I thought it was just, it wasn't a particularly entertaining game, there wasn't many mm-hmm. chances, but I think the last thing, once they went one down, they just had no idea how to get it back. They were missing Vieto, who's had um, hernia surgery and he'll be out for four weeks or so. How about Centurion? Hmm? What's up with Centurion? Centurion, if you remember, he, he was operated on his yeah, ankle. Yeah, yeah, no, but he's supposed he's, to be back. Yeah, he's been introduced kind of mm-hmm. bit by bit. So he came in in the second half against mm-hmm. Arsenal, also in against Tigre and against mm-hmm. the game before Tigre, which was Newell's, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think if, if it wasn't for Saha, it could have been a, a bigger And if it wasn't for Saha, yeah. But then a couple of them was were when Racing really just did for a kind of nine men up front and left two at the back so yeah. it's hard to say exactly you know how much that influenced but yeah I thought it was on balance Arsenal just about shaded it deserved to win yeah. and apparently now the talk is that Jorge Ortiz the captain's on his way to Racing in the summer in the winter again. it's definitely not summer here <laughs> so, no, it's not, yeah, just which I think you know from watching him the other day for the four nine minutes it'd be um, a very good a very good investment yeah it, it was a it was a Another one of those sort of typical Argentinian matches. Very boring. Partido Chivo. It's it's very, you know, dispute in the middle. Not a lot of situations. The goal was by uh, Nicolas Aguirre, which is uh, I think he's a brilliant player and he's very yeah. overlooked and he's, um, uh, you know, I think he's underrated by uh, the Argentinian press and the Argentinian uh, football public in general. He's a he's a very solid he left. Uh, huh? It's because he plays for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I mean, um, yeah, of course. But that, that there there are a couple of players in Arsenal's squad right now that came from the Arsenal um, youth squad and they're quite good and people don't seem to be paying attention to them so much. I mean, Benedetto, Perez, and Aguirre and are 
top three that I can think of right now. But um, so you can almost include in that uh, Lisandro Lopez, who yeah. actually started yeah, in Chacarita, but he's been. Yeah, but, but he also won the Olympia. I mean, he, he is recognized by he's the. Recognized, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was also in the Argentinian squad and everything. I mean, people do know about yeah. Lisandro Lopez, but. Aguirre, uh, most no. people don't know who he is, and he's, he's a very solid left midfielder. And in a football right now where there aren't a lot of left midfielders who are as solid as this guy, so he interesting. Uh, Pretty well, good, he, he was a nice terrible marking, well. but yeah. awful marking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was a typical Arsenal win, you know. To, as he said, partido chivo, then you score one goal, and that's, that's it, you close the court team. What wasn't a typical Arsenal win was uh, last night's Arsenal yeah. win. Uh, yeah, Tuesday evening, Arsenal travelled all the way to Bamfield uh, to <laughs> take on Platense in the Copa Argentina, mm-hmm. uh, which we try and mention when there are games played. I mean, it's sometimes hard to keep track of when there are games yeah, played. Yeah, because it's all of it. Um, but it was 3-0 in the, uh, in the half-time, yeah. and then yeah, the, the match was basically over. It was funny because um, the Football para todos stream show that Arsenal only had four situations on goal and it was three it's goals. Yeah. So it's, yeah, baffling, you know, the, uh, the quantity of goals that they score over the, the, the goal opportunities they had. So basically, yeah, it was and then, just... And they now play the winners of, of the Independiente Boca Unidos. Independiente Boca Unidos. Yeah, yeah, that's the being one. played that's now. The one. In fact, that would be the quarterfinals uh, game. Do you think Arsenal have got a chance for a trophy in that one then? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we do. We've already had Ripper Racing into yeah. last year's semi-finals. Yeah. Boca Arsenal you know, started the, the season just thinking about the Libertadores and thinking about the the tournament like as a second. Mm. And um, and they have a very good squad, solid squad, and uh, of course they, they are a bit behind on the on the tournament, but they, they could they could focus on the Copa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and try and get a uh, uh, Libertadores, uh, trying to get into next year's Libertadores through the Copa Argentina. Mm. So yeah, I definitely think that if, if they put their minds to it, they could be candidates for the for the win. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Agreed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next part, we've somehow managed to cover. I think almost without really meaning to all of the results from the weekend. So we didn't yes. mention so many of them were yeah. in the title race. I think we mentioned Barcelona and San Lorenzo up there. We should probably mention Godoy Cruz as well. Yes, of yeah. course, Godoy Cruz. Uh, well in touch. Three one win over Belas Sarsfield. Yeah. Very impressively done by Mati Palermo. Yeah, Belas don't seem to be over their um, their loss at the Libertadores. They started off the season as you know <clears throat> candidates yeah. both for the tournament and the Libertadores. They hired Gago, of course. And it basically seemed to go downhill from there. You know, um, yeah. Gago basically got injured and didn't play as much or as well as everyone thought so he right. would. And um, yeah, Golden Cruz basically could have been even more. I mean, the the Belles goal came late into the match, and Golden Cruz did miss a lot of goals, mm-hmm. so it could have been an, uh, an yeah, even so wider win for Golden Cruz. Be interesting. Next weekend. Yep. Godoy Cruz. Uh, Sunday. Yes, of course they are. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Trust me, uh, trust me. <laughs> yes, they are. On, on Sunday, there are no matches on Saturday this weekend. Because of the very because it's the yeah. 25th of May, which is the uh, Argentine. It's, it's the day on which the revolution began, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the yeah. revolution. Yeah. So it's yeah. Not independence day, revolution day. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's the day from which Argentina marks its its centenaries and whatnot. Yeah. It was on the 26th, 25th of May rather than the 9th of July when it was. In, in 2010 for some reason um, 
but that was, was 25th of May in 2010. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. it wasn't celebrated. The bicentenary was celebrated on the 25th rather than yeah. the 9th of July. Mm-hmm. Because, um, because yeah, that's because when the revolution, even though Argentina didn't actually become independent until Independence yeah. Day, which is the 9th of July. Yeah. Uh, but then, then they have to wait a few more years for that. Though. Precisely, yeah, because it was 1916. 1916. Anyway, for this reason, there are not going to be any matches this Saturday, so all mm. most of them are being crammed into the Sunday and the Monday. So what were you going to do with our day off? Uh, <laughs> any plans? I'm going to sit around twiddling my thumbs. I was planning on having an Arrested Development marathon on Sunday uh, because the new season's being released on Netflix. Um, but I'm not going to be able to because I'm going to have to watch football. So that development's been arrested. Indeed. So. Yes, it has. That's very good. Well done. Um, oh. Ooh. Oh, got last of uh, Santa Fe. We're watching Real Gasly Lasso versus Santa Fe. Two nil now. Scored the second in about. Yeah. What's funny was uh, about next um, next weekend is that there's been a lot of talk, and I mean a lot of talk about. Um, is it River or Boca's next uh, right. next weekend? This is, is what you said. It's a question on last week, Santa, which we read out. Yeah. And at the time, it seemed like a bit of silly talk, <laughs> and we sort of giggled about it and said, "Oh, mm-hmm. that's, that's not going to happen." Um, but. <laughs> Regular listeners will remember that towards the end of last week's episode, uh, Santiago sent in a question and, and we asked it, and it was that River or Boca were going to play at a 10 o'clock slot on no, Saturday night yeah. to yeah, go no, head to head with this guy, Jorge Lanata, who produced this very anti government um, show. I won't yeah. say news, I'll say opinion show. It's a yeah, show, it's um, a show. Yeah, it's, it's not news, show. it's, it's not, not journalism. It's not even no, political journalism. Um, mm. And, and you know the, the government, obviously, the people who televise uh, the Argentine Primera, and they wanted to try and beat him in the ratings. Um, since then, there's been a whole lot of talk about it. It's, it became apparent the day after we recorded that they were actually going to go ahead with it, and that River more Boca each weekend. We're going to be playing at 9:30 p.m. on a Sunday night. Um, both Boca's president and a couple of River vice presidents uh, displayed their public displeasure at this. The Boca president, of course. Um Close Alo Macri. Exactly. Yeah, quite absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. To be fair. Uh, he's, he's Macri's man in Boca, Mauricio Macri, the mayor of Buenos Aires, and the current Argentine president's uh, closest thing she's really got to a political rival, yeah. who's planning on running for the presidency in 2015, um, was president of Boca before he became mayor of Buenos Aires, and his man is currently in charge of Boca. If you're confused by all of this so far, don't yeah, worry. Just you will be. You know, replay this, this last <laughs> couple of minutes to yourself, and you'll get it eventually. Um, Angelisi, Boca's <coughs> president, today visited the AFA headquarters in, in the microcentro of Buenos Aires and came out afterwards and said that he's been assured by the AFA... That's a penalty, surely. We apologise for this. Gassi Lasso now have a penalty for a Stonewall handball. Um, 24 minutes in, this is quite a good game, actually. Uh, where was that? Um, he's been assured by AFA president Julio Grandona that the match that's played at 21.30 every Sunday will not necessarily be River or Boca. It will be the most important match of the weekend. <laughs> so if it's a title decider between Newell's and Lanus, then that's going to be it. Yeah, of course. If we have another, like we did last year, uh, on the last day of last year's Clausura, like a, a, like a three-way yeah. relegation <laughs> and title playoff on the very last day. Apparently, it's going to be played at 9.30pm. All five games, yeah. God knows how that's going to work. Um, we'll see whether they actually keep to this or whether it actually does end up being River and Boca every Sunday. Um, yeah. Which I think be. But, yeah, it's a bit harsh for River and Boca or any team's fans who have to go back to their houses. I mean, there's a lot of people who follow River and Boca that go way out of their, uh, you know, that yeah. they travel a lot to get to the stadium and then they have to go back and... 
the match finishing at the 11.30 p.m. is, is just... Well, we should say for this week it won't make too much difference because they'll be playing in... They're playing in Rosario. Rosario, 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 Rosario yeah. Yeah. So it'll be the difference between getting back at three or four in the morning. So yeah, precisely. three or five. It, um, what I do want to say is that uh, a couple of years ago there were matches being played at this time, but it wasn't yeah, Boca or River, though. Right. Uh, you had... Uh, Slightly non-important match being played at ten. I start to be fine to uh, fuck over the, mm-hmm. the fans of small clubs. Like, yeah. there are yeah. a few yeah. roles. I suppose yeah. thinking. But what, one of the hilarious things actually that I did think Angelisi said, and it was about the only thing he said that I didn't agree with uh, when he was making this point about public safety coming out of the games, about how inconvenient it is for fans who've got to work on Monday morning to be getting home at maybe two or three in the morning. Um, is, he, he said, you know, the, the, we're going to have forty thousand people leaving La Bombonera after every game. And there are going to be, by the time they get out, there are going to be no subtes running. That's the underground train system. And you think, well, there's no subte within a yeah. half an hour walk of your stadium anyway. Why well, <laughs> not? That doesn't matter at all. Yeah. Um, that's about the only thing, really, that I didn't agree with that he said. I think is absolutely ridiculous. We've gone yeah. through the rest of the running order. Yeah. So now yeah, I should play a little bit of music and we're going to come back and talk about the Boca Juniors versus Newell's Old Boys mini series that's coming up. Ooh, yeah. It's very exciting. mini-series, we have just remembered, before uh, I cut the music off there, um, that uh, we haven't mentioned Rosario Central yet this weekend, uh, this week, or indeed so far really very much this year. Um, and we should do, because I can't remember when they were still up when we started... Um, yeah, it was three years ago. Was the first well, they? year they, first season without yeah, them. they went down. Um, so next season, for the first time in Hand of Pod history... Which is kind of like saying for the first time in professional history, really. It's not as if Argentine football started when Hand of Pod started. More or less. Oh, well, I mean, it, it, yeah, it might feel like that at times. Um, we're going to have a, a, a Clásico Rosarino to preview. And I'm going to have a, chi- a trip to the Gigante de la Roche. I'm going I'll definitely be going with Racing, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, because. Uh, Rosario Central this this weekend confirmed their promotion. Uh, Santiago is our sort of semi-resident uh, follower <laughs> of the lower leagues, so he's going to tell us how it happened. Yeah, it was three uh, three nil away game, three goals by Toledo, who was uh, very very he had a very bad year at um, Rosario, so it was quite fun yeah. that he pulled up three goals, and the he third was one was a great goal, golazo from outside the the box, and. Um, it, yeah, it's been a long three years for Rosario Central's fans. I, I was telling you guys, um, Rosario is one of the two biggest teams outside of Buenos Aires, period. Yeah. And we're talking news and Rosario, and those are the two biggest. I mean, I heard a lot of people talking, you know, just after this happened, the promotion, and they were saying that Central is the biggest team outside of Buenos Aires. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, there's, there's a lot of people say that. Is bigger than yeah, yeah, Ignacio, yeah. Like any of them, just the biggest team outside of Buenos There's Aires. a lot of people who say that, and it's probably true. Yeah. And so it's a big thing that they're I mean, coming which back. Which club has more members? Do you know Central or New I think it's Central. Central? Yeah, I think it's Central. Maybe not now so much if they've been in three years in the B, but I don't know. Yeah, but you know, um, and Rosario is a, it's, it's a city where everyone is either Central yeah. or Newell's. And actually, people fight a, a lot over yeah. it, and there is there's a huge passion. That's why the, like the Classico Rosarino yeah. is always so dense, and 
it's always a nil-nil match yeah, where everyone is kicking each other and you get a lot of bookings and um, knives get thrown on the pitch yeah stuff. yeah and people who live in Rosario tell you that the week before the match is, it's just unbearable because yeah. everyone is you know taking it, uh, yeah. making fun of the other guys and saying hey we're going to beat you no we're, we're going to beat you or we're going to kick your ass and people fight over it a lot and I remember going up to Rosario for one game uh, it was a new, I think it was news against Independiente I had to cover it for, for another job of mine so yeah it was I was like going in the home end and everyone like on the new side, we're kind of congregating around uh, Parque Independencia, one of the one of the big plazas in, in Rosario. And this guy came out uh, wearing yellow and blue. Just basically came out of his house to, you know, shout some abuse. Like, hmm. you know, and he just got rushed by about <laughs> 20 fans and just had, like, just about got back into his door and shut it. But they just went for him straight down. We shouldn't laugh. Hand Pod does not condone this kind of behaviour. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what's interesting if, um, if Independiente manages to stay is that we will have, for the first time in a good couple of years, most, if not all, of the biggest teams back in the Primera División. Yeah, a lot you of the yeah. uh, yeah. is, is the one that's not... Uh, doesn't really have a chance of going up. Gimnasia no. look like they've got a very good Gimnasia chance. Gimnasia have a very good chance of going up. There are four games left, basically. Central at top with 68 points. Gimnasia uh, second with 63. And Olimpa 59. And then you've got Sarmiento, which of course is the cut-off point, to so 53. Um, yeah, so are probably going to Central are up to. by virtue of having 15 points more than Sarmiento. Gimnasia would need one more win, say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're probably going to Well, no, a point, in fact. A draw point. would be fine for them because they're yeah, nice to play for after the next game. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, but have you have either of you seen much of Central this year? I've got to admit, I've watched almost none of the big none of the I've seen anymore. more of Gimnasia actually, I must okay. say, and Huracan for some reason always seem to be on telly if I'm mm. flicking around, <laughs> and they never seem to do very well. <laughs> but no, Central. I've seen a few games. I remember one against I think Chicago um, a few months ago, which was an epic, something like three all or four three, and it was. Probably one of the few times I've seen an indirect free kick inside the area going, which is pretty exciting. So <laughs> Chicago got relegated this uh, yeah, this weekend. Chicago too. got done. Uh, so just on that virtue that they managed to actually convert an indirect free kick inside the area, then they must be good. <laughs> uh, since, since we've talked about, we've just mentioned that Chicago got relegated. We've also mentioned Huracan, who we last mentioned here on Hand of Pod ooh, a couple of months ago because they were very much involved in the relegation struggle. Uh, they seem to be pretty much clear of it now. Um, they've already equalled their points total for last season, and they're mid-table in the yeah. Nacional uh, relegation standings. So looks like they're safe. As I think everybody, Ferro, we could say. No, no, they're uh, safe. Yes, I think we can. Um, I think everybody involved with Handel Pod will be pleased to see certainly Oracan and Ferro as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ferro, my favorite team, of course. I was, I was seeing the. Um, the historic table for the Football Argentino Primera mm-hmm. the other day. <coughs> and um, Platense is on the top 20 teams. Yes. So, so it's like Platense are going to be yeah. going up to the Nacional? <coughs> um, not quite, actually, because um, it's the last um, the last match is this weekend. Yeah. And you got Villa San Carlos, which is a oh, traditional C division team. It's a traditional fourth division team. And they are two points up uh, ahead of Platense. Yeah. And you also have Atlanta three yeah. points behind well, San Carlos. So it's uh, it's a it's a struggle between those teams. Yeah. Bicha San Carlos has the edge for going but up. Atlanta should and have been absolutely home and dry. They, I think they were about four points clear a few weeks ago and just yeah, yeah. Off. 
Yeah, Chacarita also had a very rough time in the, yeah. the Metro. They were really close to getting uh, promoted, and now they're not even close to getting into the final. Well, I, and, um, a, I don't know if you talk about Tacheres too last um, ah, did last we week. Oh, no, you're right. The Super Classico weekend, in fact, uh, particularly. Tacheres uh, sealed promotion that weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a win which is also one of the biggest score. teams yeah. outside of yeah. Buenos Aires the rival of Belgrano we certainly mentioned them before they're the biggest club in, in, in Cordoba yeah. and um, they've been three years in um, Argentina Argentina yeah. Yeah. it was three years yeah. which is the <coughs> regionalised third division and I've uh, got a friend who lives in Cordoba who's a Tachedis fanatic <laughs> fanatic and he said yeah the party started as soon as they left the grounds and finished about six o'clock in the morning in, the, um, yeah. in like Cordoba's biggest plaza <laughs> so like the Fanet yeah. And let me say that Tacheres is still going in the Copa Argentina, so I'm yeah. also yeah, I'm yeah. also gonna put a, a little chip on them for uh, for being a candidate. Um, I mean, they're already promoted to the second division, and they're gonna just throw their weight into the Copa. Yeah. They beat Belgrano in the Copa too. Yes, the first time in three years that they played the Clásico Cordobés, yeah. and they actually beat them. But yes, as we said, they, they they've already sealed their promotion to the, back to the second division with Binacional for next season uh, with a long uh, long way to go it was played that match uh, against San Jorge uh, on the same weekend as the Super Clasico and it, there were more people there yeah the, capaci- the, the, the capacity of the, the uh, Mario Kempes in Cordoba is greater than the capacity of La Bombonera there were 70 odd thousand people so yeah. that was actually one of the top about 69,500 yeah actually. it was what the third most attended match on the planet that weekend yes well, ahead of the Clásico Argentino and ahead yeah. of the Clásico Uruguayo as well ahead yeah. of uh, Peñarol yeah. Nacional uh, there was no, some, some it was the fourth Dortmund actually. at home to somebody in the Bundesliga no it was Dortmund against Bayern Munich and then you had um, yeah, Barcelona Real Madrid and Tacheres against San Jorge which is quite fun because San Jorge is a new team and doesn't yeah. have any, any fans yeah. So would that we'll be a like record then for a third division team? Yeah, well, why? probably. Yeah. Probably, yeah. If, if you know of a third division, a third tier match uh, with a, uh, <laughs> with an attendance over 73,000, yeah. please get in touch with the pod, and we'll talk about it next week. Um, but to get away from the the away, uh, sorry, the, the lower league um, talk, because we did promise a, a small preview of the Boca versus Newell's Super Series that's coming up. Uh, we've got three matches. In the next week, one week today is going to be the third. Um, so tomorrow, today, by the time this goes online, uh, is is Newell's v Boca or Boca v Newell's? Boca, no, Newell's. Boca at home first. Yeah, Newell's have got the way advantage. at the highest seed. Um, it's Boca versus Newell's in La Bombonera on Thursday night. Then on Sunday they play in Rosario, and then on Wednesday next week they play in Rosario. For the Copa Argentina now, yeah. The, the two the midweek games, uh, Santiago's trying to down, downgrade it slightly, uh, <laughs> will be played in the Copa Libertadores, and of course the Sunday match is going to be played in the Torneo Final. Gents, do we want to take a stab at how this is going to go? Well, We're going to be thoroughly bored of seeing oh, On purely form basis, you've got to put Newell's ahead. Yeah, but it's Boca in the Copa. But, but it's Boca in the Copa, we've got a run and, and, and I have seen a couple of suggestions. Boca don't even care about the, the middle match, no, whereas no. Newell's do. No, this is what I'm wondering, the, actually. The, the Sunday, I think, is a nailed on Newell's win. It, yeah. Even though I suspect both sides are going to play yeah. reserves yeah. reserves to mix sides at best. Yeah. Um, but this is what I was wondering about, this um, this middle match, because I think this is almost one of the more interesting games. Say it's like a, a very tight, you know, say a one-all draw or something in La Bombonera, like a very tight result. Would Newell's... Putting um, all their first team players, knowing that Boca are going to put against 
they're going to put in all reserve players with nothing to lose and who yeah. could well go, very easily go out and you know do some horrific damage to their stars hmm. you imagine like Skoko one minute hmm. in I was just talking to the guy who does my laundry He's a fanatic, fanatic of Boca, and that's exactly what he wants to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah like like some random like Boca, Boca guy just... You've seen players go in and break Kiskoko's leg mm-hmm. before the second leg. That could be a good technique. Or yeah, Massimo yeah. Rodriguez. I wouldn't he put it past the free, Bianchi. the free people. Yeah. Wouldn't I mean, put it past Bianchi. I'm, I know, it's just, you know, getting a bit kind of out there, but seriously... The, this is would you really... Football, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you really just risk it if you were Martino? It's it's a tricky balancing act, isn't it? It's a tricky balance because they they, they do care about that match. So. Mm. Yeah. Um, of course. No, I, I think Newell's are likely to play a mixed side, as they yeah. say, and, and the Boca yeah. will play a fully. The problem is also Newell have a shorter squad than Boca, so yeah. you know, Boca can can manage to, to put a pretty decent team without yeah their best players, whereas Newell's have you know they have a very solid squad, but when it goes to you say Boca can put out a pretty decent team with their, without their best players but look at their results yeah, 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 but I always say Argentine football is all about streaks all the time and Boca are off two wins now uh, no well actually they didn't win in, in Brazil but still I mean they, they've gone yeah, to the next um, two uh-huh. big boosts for yeah, yeah that's true nothing else so uh, um, wouldn't surprise me if um, if, if Boca actually pulled Having said, having said that, and having said obviously that it's it's Boca in the copper in, in the Libertadores, which is always this you know kind of mystique for other clubs in South America. It's that playing against the shirt and, and the passion and the history as well as as well as the team on the pitch, which would certainly explain that one. Yeah, and Bianchi as well, and Riquelme as well. I, so I, you I have very big icons for the last the, 10 years or more of the Libertadores. Totally, but I mean, the, the, the feeling is very much that they're playing against the, the reputation rather than the team. And I did see one person on Twitter right after Boca sealed the, the deal against Corinthians last week, um, suggesting that Newell's wouldn't fall for that because another Argentine club aren't going to have quite the same attitude as say an Ecuadorian club or a Brazilian club or a Paraguayan club who are coming in mm-hmm. and playing against this Boca side who they just never get to see up close yeah, yeah that's true um, mm-hmm. they're going to be less intimidating to Newell's because Newell's have been looking at them and laughing at them the whole yeah. season and yeah. they've thought that's just as dangerous I think that if there's any sort I don't think there's going to be any sort of complacency in Newell's but if there is then that's very dangerous absolutely but yeah it could be complacency but also could be less you know, fear mm. to put it yeah. out. It's going to be interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, so we will, we'll be back with you next week. I guess we're going to record on Tuesday night, <laughs> which will be before the second leg is is uh, is played. So we'll be able to tell you how the first two of this two games of this series go, um, if nothing else. Can we think of anything we've forgotten so far, guys? No, I think we've been pretty covered everything yeah. covered everything right we've been recording for 55 minutes so this isn't bad so far um, I'm going to now play some of Mystic Sam's I'm going to play all of Mystic Sam's theme music um, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you what to we're not going to no, shit we haven't done the questions yeah. have we ignore what I just said about Mystic Sam here's some normal hand of pod music and we'll be back in a minute with your questions
first question is from regular listener uh, Lee Bartlett, who's been down to Buenos Aires a few times and who I've met on, on every occasion he's been here. Lovely man. Uh, he asks, what are the five... He, he loves going ground hopping. This is the guy I've mentioned before oh, yeah. who I once met up with on Sunday evening. He turned up on Friday evening and had already been to something like seven matches in Buenos Aires over hmm. that time. It's a pretty um, good city to go ground hopping. It is, uh, if you can get into the stadium, which he apparently can't. Um, he says, a question for the podcast. What are the five most dangerous football grounds in Argentina slash Buenos Aires to visit? Slash Buenos Aires? He's put Argentina slash Buenos Aires. Oh, so, okay. I thought what, are five, what are the five most dangerous grounds? San Telmo. I would say Santelmo, yes, definitely. Santelmo's ground, I suppose we should give reasons, is in uh, Isla Maciel, which is a lovely area, uh, just literally just across the river. Um, the in the middle of the shantytown. In the province, right in the middle of a shantytown. I got driven right past it at half past one in the morning after one of my friend's um, wedding receptions just very recently, like two months ago. It was the most terrifying experience of my life. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, Sorry, as a result of the, the coach company, to to the coach company didn't want to pay the fee for coming into Buenos Aires on the motorway, so they did that instead. And the following day, my, my friends who just got married went to their offices and just said, look, we're not paying you the whole fee. Here's 600 pesos and that's it. That's all you're getting. Because you took us through Islam ACL in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, do you think he's talking about the lower division? Lower division? Oh, yeah, or? I'm sure he I'd is. Say, yes, yes, yes. Because in the Primera, it's definitely San Lorenzo. <clears throat> definitely. Yes. Or you could say Colón as well. For away fans, Colón. Colón. No, you reckon? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because... Have a minute. Mm-hmm. Get, yeah. It, uh, between, between the police, the Colón fans who pelt you with stones and mm-hmm. God knows what, yes. I don't know what it's like for home fans, but for away fans, it's, a, it's probably the... So not so much for the package. area, but more for the wealth. Yeah, the area's not particularly nice either. Okay. It's like a few beaches around, but they've got a lot of agreements with the police up there, and yeah, they kind of get a carb lunch to do whatever they want. So Do- got Dock Sud so is pretty tough as well. Oh, yeah, I think Dock Sud is a lot of the, areas, to be so. honest, if we're going through the Lilies, yeah, a lot of them are in pretty good areas. Yeah. I worked before in um, Sacachispas, which... Yeah, it's, like it's right by uh, Massive Vicio and Vicio Soldati. And yeah, it's funny because um, most of Sacachispas fans are ex-excursionistas fans. When uh, when we had the World Cup here in '78, I don't know if I told you about this. No, that's before. Not, no, but you might have done it. Tell us again. Yeah, uh, in '78 <clears throat> uh, we had the World Cup here, and there's a bit, there's been a lot of talk about the '78 World Cup in Argentina now because um, our former. Uh, Presidents, let's say that I would say dictator more than president, but Videla, um, he died last weekend, and so there's uh, he was a president while we had the World Cup, so there was a lot of um, people saying, me included, that that World Cup was basically orchestrated by the uh, military government and everything. So when they in about the right, World Cup, yeah, yeah. in, in about right? no, no, yeah, in about. <laughs> And um, when they hosted the World Cup here, uh, there was this Bisha in Belgrano, which we know to be one of the you know most uh, yeah. posh uh, neighborhoods in Buenos Aires. It's, it's where River Plate is. Yeah. And um, they, they took this shantytown, this Bisha, out of Belgrano and they put it in Bisha Lugano. Mm-hmm. And so there, there were a lot of people there who were fans of excursionistas. Yeah. That's why they called them Bicheros, because mm-hmm. there were yeah. a lot of people from the Bisha that uh, were fans of excursionistas and they got relocated to Bichalugano and are now they're fans of Sacachispas because the yeah the Sacachispas field is in Lugano that's why Sudanistas and Sacachispas have a big friendship and um, so, yeah that's a yeah. pretty tough one as well so what I, yeah what I say to Lee actually um, San Lorenzo Colón Sacachispas Doc Sud San Telmo probably don't go there well so that's the hand of pot top yeah. five but really 
any lower division game. Lee's yeah. been to most of these places probably already. But what I say to Lee as well, like I don't know how well he speaks Spanish or anything, but it doesn't matter too he much. Speak but <laughs> it doesn't matter too much. It's kind of beautiful in its own right. You should really check out a documentary called El Otro Fútbol. He'd absolutely love yes. it. In fact, we, I, I keep absolutely meaning to try and get in touch with the, uh, the director of that, and that's him on hand with Pod, uh, and I ah, think get fantastic. to get yeah. One day I'm going to do it. Yeah. So um, if you want to go to a lower division game, come and see the Fensores of Belgrano, which is a lovely place to go. Yeah. Orlando, Ferro. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Defensores. Defensores are Sassy's <laughs> second team. Yeah. Um, so that, that was the email question for the week. We've got a few on Twitter as well. Uh, we've got plenty, or so we've got one at least anyway from Chris Hartley, who asks, early question for this week's pod. And he sent it two days ago. Thank you for getting in early, Chris. He says, can you tell me more about the under-20 Copa Libertadores taking place in Peru? Ooh. Why is it not structured like the senior competition? I don't I know didn't anything even about know. it. Yeah. No. This is about the third year it's been played, <coughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, it's been going on for about as long as the women's Copa Libertadores, right. which I think Boca have won two of the three years it's been played. I think they've always done pretty well in the under-20s as well. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it basically only makes the news if Boca For some reason, well. I seem to think that River won it or the runners-up or something last year. I can't remember exactly. Uh... It's not structured because it's a youth tournament. I guess they're afraid that clubs, that players are going to get picked off if they do halfway well. Halfway yeah, that's true. The tournament. Yeah. They can't it's strange that they do an under twenty developers because there are a lot of under twenty players playing yeah. for yeah. the main teams. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I can't um, say much about it. I'd never heard about that no, until now. That's about all that we can tell you. I'm afraid, Chris. It's, it's relatively new, um, and that gives you some idea of why it's not structured in the same way. Uh, but it's really, as much as anything, it's sort of a a youth team uh, competition that they've put the Copa Libertadores name on just to help it get a little bit of profile. Um, Josh Bramlett also asks about the Copa Libertadores. He said, would it be more exciting if there was a third place parachute to the Copa Sudamericana like there is in Europe between the Champions League and the Europa League? Um, no, I think the it would be very Sudamericana's been devalued enough. Like. The other thing is they're played in different halves of the year. They're not played at the same time, so I can't see how it would work. But I don't think that makes... I don't think it makes the Europa no. League more, uh, the, the Champions League more exciting. Actually, it's, um, no. but, but as, as we say, as well, with, with the Libertadores, as we said a few weeks ago, when we were getting towards the end of the group stage, because the Libertadores knockout draw is seeded according to how you know the best first place side against the worst second yeah. place side, that actually keeps it fairly exciting. Yeah, up every game there, where nobody is is just playing for nothing at all, unless they've got so far ahead of even all the other first place sides that they've won anyway. Um, so that's our answer for that one. Coco the Monkey, who's asked us a question or at least made a comment every week so far since he's been listening, says, Caruso Lombardi is crazy. You're right, Coco. Yeah, I can't argue with that. He isn't. <laughs> and you know uh, why if you listen to you. Paul Odegaard, again, Paul, as always, your Norwegian name, and I apologise every week if I've, uh, if I've mispronounced it, says, Is Tata Martino keen on going to Real Sociedad next season? Will it depend on Champions League spot or will he bring, for example, Ignacio Coco with him? Uh, I've seen him with the Malaga job recently. Now it's yeah. been confirmed that uh, Pellegrini is going. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to see. I can't see yeah. Scocco going to. Uh, Scocco seems to be more heavily linked with Italian clubs than Spanish ones. At the same time, if Martino were to go, yeah, Spanish club, you'd have to think he'd stand a chance of taking with it. would be an influence, yeah. Uh, how keen Martino is, we don't know. Martino is refusing to talk about where he might go afterwards, I think, as much as anything, because. He has some respect for his current employers. Oh, yeah. uh, there's this thing in Argentina where you just don't, uh, I think in football generally, but certainly in Argentina, where if you have codigos, if you have codes, mm-hmm. the thing that Caruso Lombardi lacks, according to Diego Pacente, <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't talk <laughs> about Except it to him. in the future. <clears throat> uh, 
Jonathan Abdenor asks, how hard is it to get coaching badges in Argentina? I heard that it's a two-year curriculum. Yeah, something like that. I think it is. Yeah, you have to do a course or some sorts. Yeah, I think it's a two-year course. Uh, I heard actually that um, I read today that Camaronesi was doing that course. Um, he said that he will retire at the end of this year. At Not this uh, tournament, but at the end, uh, around December. And he's taking the course with um, Ortiz, too. So he he wants to be a manager next. But yeah, I think it's uh, you have to do this two-year-long course in order to get the... Yeah. This spot, or in order to be able to 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 be a manager, I think it's something like that as well. But if uh, if anybody knows better than we do, um, Johnny's uh, John Jonathan's Twitter uh, handle is River Plate Johnny um, Johnny without an H but with two N's and a Y. Uh, if you want to tweet him the answer directly, I remember uh, sometime in the in the uh, uh, last couple of I don't know months. Or there was this manager who couldn't actually manage because he didn't have this title. Oh, really? But, yeah. Was it Guillermo Barrasa Quilotto and it's actually been his twin brother on the bench? Could have been, could have been. Who knows? We'll never find out. Mark Moorhead says, if Boca continued to flounder domestically and get dumped out of the copper by Newells, could we see Palermo as boss next season? And then he adds, as a Godoy Cruz sympathiser, I hope not. Um, no. Next season, though. No, next, next year, season. maybe. Yeah. Bianchi's going to stay on until at least yeah. the end of the year. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Regardless of how Boca do. Bianchi has a very strong, I would say, espalda. He has a very strong back in, in yeah. Boca, and even if he does really bad and he loses every single match from now on, he will continue. Uh, and espalda yeah. is literally the Spanish word for back, as in the parts of yeah. your body, but it also, in this sense, means backing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so support. Yeah. Um, support. Somebody <laughs> called Sebastián Garcia. Who? Anyone? I have one question. Do you like Gold.com's new look? Uh, yes, sir, but it looks lovely. Yeah, it, it looks really good. It is good. Um, yes, Dan's a former employee of them, and he's yeah. saying, yes, I went to see Sarah actually on Monday, and he gave me um, a little sneak preview. Oh, good. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty slick. I actually, I actually met a friend hmm? of Sebastian's the other day. Felipe yeah. wasn't there, but. Uh, this, this guy who's traveling to England, he says he's gonna bring me a QPR shirt. Uh, so yeah, the QPR squad keeps growing in Argentina. So. <laughs> yes, they are. it looks good. It looks good. Just get my brother to take you to Bristol Rovers as well. Mariano says in one hour, if if I make it on time, if Sam makes it on time, I'll be recording the new Hand of Pod with. Did it happen? Uh, Mariano unfortunately couldn't make it in the end uh, he had last minute commitments mysterious ones we're not sure what they are but we hope that you're okay Mariano um, next question is right Bill Victor has got a very good question I'm going to very quickly look up so that we can give the exact answer because it's completely relevant so give me two seconds to let this webpage load here we are uh, Bill Victor asks what do Belgrano have to do to qualify for the Copa Sudamericana the answer is Bill yeah. Uh, that both Belgrano and River Plate for this season so far are on 55 points. Uh, Godoy Cruz are the sixth place team in the Sudamericana qualification table yeah. on 43, which, as you will know, if you're any good at maths at all, is a 12 point difference. And there are five games left this season, yeah. 15 points to play for. In other words, if River. The answer to River is the same as the answer for Belgrano, which is why I've brought River into it. Um, if River and Belgrano both win this weekend and Godoy Cruz don't, River and Belgrano in the Copa Sudamericana, assuming that neither of them managed to win the Donnell final, in which case they'll qualify for next year's Libertadores instead, unless they then also beat Vélez Sarsfield in the Super final for the whole <laughs> season, um, 
which will mean they get to play in the Sudamericana and the Libertadores. Mm-hmm. Belgrano, I think it's fair to say, are not going to win the Donnell final. Uh, they're a bit off the pace. They've dropped off a bit in the second half of this season. So what they need to do, basically, is, is win this weekend. If Godoy Cruz don't win, they'll be in. If Godoy Cruz do win uh, and Belgrano win, Belgrano will be 12 points clear with 12 to play for. So as long as they yeah, don't lose much. every other match this season. Basically, Belgrano need four more points, as do River. Um, so that's the answer to that one we, we actually meant to talk about uh, Sudamericana qualification last week and we forgot but I think maybe we'll talk about it next week when we'll have potentially uh, uh, potentially actually three teams could have qualified uh, depending on how the Godoy Cruz result goes because Racing could secure their place next week as well oh, really? or rather Racing yeah because they're playing Godoy Cruz yeah Racing could go 12 clear with 12 to play for anyway which would be as good as securing um Ryan Ross asks who are the top three young prospects you expect to move to European clubs this summer Thank you for asking Ryan because that's the kind of thing that's going to get us fantastic SEO uh, results when we put this up. You can say Peru, C for one, is really heavily linked with Inter. He's kind of got the Pubisanetti seal of approval. I would have said Bota, but yeah, he got injured. He's going. He did get injured. No, but it's been signed already, so he's going to enter whatever. I mean, he's not playing for a good couple of months. He's at Ligamento Cruz. Oh, no, no, no. He's out for six months, but his transfer to Inter's already done, so he is going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody else can we think of? Maybe Lucas Muni, but he's really dropped off in form yeah. during the Donnell finale. It was fantastic during the initial. You can't see anyone from River moving? Consalipide, um, Lanzini, Adeliano. Mm, I think if River get, especially if River get continental quali- uh, qualification, that might they might stay. Balanta. Balanta. Potentially is another matter. Nah, but you know, not River, River might. Season. River might give Balanta a professional contract, and then if they get an offer of. As I think we said a week or two ago, if they get an offer of, say, $3 million or more for Balanta, they'd, they'd be sensible to just let him yeah. go straight away. I mean, he's played he's played fantastically, but he's played five games for the first team at the moment. Yeah. How are some of the Racing used? Yeah, I was going to say, in, in Racing, I think it's most likely that one out of, say, Vieto, Farinha, Centurione and De Paul will be, will be living. Mm. And most likely Farinha. Right. Mm-hmm. Guido Pizarro from Lanús wouldn't entirely surprise me. He had a... Last European summer, Argentine winter, um, he had a move to Fiorentina already tied up, and the only reason he didn't go was there were problems with his, his work permits in Italy. Um, as a result of which, the transfer fell through. Lanús had him for the whole season. It was fantastic for Lanús. Albeit they didn't get the money, but they got a really good player back. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if another Italian club tried again for him pretty soon now that he's actually got the work permit sorted out. Um, so, who have we named so far? Potentially Malanta, possibly Pizarro, almost certainly uh, Peruzzi. Anyone yeah. else? And then so, maybe one of the guys from Racing. Yeah, maybe. Yes. The ball, yeah. Uh, Ryan also asked a question, I think it's safe to say we've already asked. He said, uh, answered, he says, have the recent events at Argentinos Juniors set the Argentine media chattering? <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. Just a tiny little bit, yes. Um, <laughs> Chattering, yeah. If, if you go into Ole.com right now, we'll have the top 10 <coughs> uh, Caruso Lombardi yeah. freakouts yeah. of his career. So, yeah. And it's pretty mm. rare for Argentinas to get, to get on the top, on the front page. So. <coughs> At least it's something. Yeah. But it's not Argentinas, it's Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> We're being joined by a dog. Some the dog is zombie, as usual. He's coming in to say hello later on. Um, hello. And yeah, I think it's also safe to say that if you look up the top. 10 most read stories of the last three days in, on a, a, any Argentine sports yeah. news website. It's going to be Carousel Lombardi, Carousel Lombardi, Carousel Lombardi. Yeah. Finally, La Lawson asks, what is the rule, what's, what's up with the rule that makes home fans stay in the stadium for an hour 
Thank you, Tommy. Asks, what is up with the rule that makes home fans stay in the stadium for an hour or more after the match? Well, it's, yeah. it's 30 minutes. Mainly, um, yeah, depending on the uh, yeah. really it's 30 it minutes be. after the whole away stand is emptied, basically. Yeah. and it's just public safety. Yeah, I think they do something similar in in most European games, but occasionally I think it's like the away t- the away fans that have to stay, so maybe right. that's why people don't notice it as much. They certainly don't do it in, in English speaking countries generally. I mean, no, but I know in Spain, I think they do in Barcelona, it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's the home fans leave first. Well, in, and, yeah. in, in Spain because there's a very small travelling contingent generally but yeah I think you might be right actually yeah. um, but just in yeah in Buenos yeah. or in Argentina it's, yeah, it's the other way around it's the away it's, fans it's, first the Spanish fans don't seem to be very keen on going on away matches no exactly there's no real yeah. travelling there's no culture of no. away support there I found it very peculiar when I was backpacking around Spain about six years ago I went to a whole bunch of games and I remember, no away fans. I remember going to see Sevilla against sorry Sevilla sorry Spanish listeners uh, against, Deportivo La Coruña, Argentina. against Deportivo La Coruña and I was sitting a few rows behind the Deportivo supporters uh-huh. there was no segregation whatsoever uh-huh. which was fantastic to see it was the same actually in, in Germany there's very little segregation because there's just such a nobody really cares uh, and I was literally I was like two rows behind them mm-hmm. and they were just sitting in this one corner of the stand mm-hmm. there were about 15 of them <laughs> Magnificent. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, th- I think uh, De- Deportivo won one nil. Sevilla dominated the game. Deportivo won it one nil on a counter attack with almost the only shot they had all game. The fans were going absolutely mental. They were jumping up on the fence, mm-hmm. clinging to the fence, and screaming and shouting obscenities at the Sevilla fans on the <laughs> other side of the fence, whilst completely ignoring like the fifteen thousand Sevilla fans that were in the same stand as them, just behind them. And nobody was saying anything, you know. It's crazy. Imagine that in Argen- even in England, that would have caused no. problems. Never <laughs> mind in Argentina, one of them no, probably got Argentina. chucked over the edge of the top tier or something. You had gunfire in the middle of that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, so there you go. And in fact, that's just reminded me of the thing that we didn't mention at all. A few weeks ago at a River Plate home game, there was a guy killed. Uh, well, not he died after falling off. Yeah. A wall trying to unhook a, a flag at the end of the. the no, I thought it was he was uh, trying to get into a. He was trying to go down from the Platea to the Popular. No, he was. Um, there's a there's a flag across the on the other side, off to the right. If you're looking at it on on the TV or the internet streams, um, kind of behind that corner flag. They changed the story then because that's down. definitely what I had. Oh uh, really? Yeah. He was. Yeah, he had a Platea and he wanted to get down to the Popular. Was kind of like trying to climbing jump. down, and then lost it. He like lost his grip and fell. Like yeah, there's another uh, bit yeah. in the middle of yeah. in the monumental yeah, between the pool and the gaps between yeah. the stands. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, can't remember he, what he fell on, but it was something. Yeah, apparently, really fell on, painful, on a police motorbike, which broke his fall, and he he died in the hospital. Uh, and I just mentioned it now because we uh, I got pulled up on Twitter uh, about a week and a half ago for not having mentioned it on Handapod. Um, it's been barely covered. Yeah, it wasn't a very couple of small mentions, and that was about it. I think it's this a tragic accident. Yeah. You know, yeah, the guy was is. the guy was silly. He shouldn't have been climbing there. No, exactly. But still, it's, it's tragic. It's not um, much you can say. It's not a failure of security. It's not a failure of anything. No, and as a, obviously, as I say, the version of the story that I read initially was that he was trying to unhook a banner after the game and had fallen. Because mm-hmm. um, you see these banners kind of draped over bits of the stadium, thinking, "How did those get there?" And I have to say, ever since the first time I went to River, which was getting on for ten years ago, and I've seen people putting those banners oh, up yeah. in front of Bad Wire, you know, climbing over Bad Wire oh, yeah, to get yeah. to. Them. I've been just thinking, how long is it going to be before this happens? And hmm. No, it happens. has happened. Yeah. Um, it happens in every club as well. They're so always yeah. up in the bar wire and stuff, yeah. Exactly. I mean, tragic accident, it says an awful lot for yeah. <laughs> safe and, uh, health and safety in, in Argentina. Um, 
Well, I think I, I think remember one of the first, apparently, in the year. One of the first games I went to see, I can't remember who Argentinos was playing, but it was in Argentina Stadium. And just the announcement just blew me away. It was kind of, will the fans stop sitting on the perimeter walls around the stadium? <laughs> like, they're just like perching on these concrete blocks, hmm. like, I don't know, 100 metres up or something, whatever. And you're just like, wow. But also, it didn't, it didn't really get any coverage because, you know, it's just another, another break in the wall, right? It's another well, death in the football Argentina. You, you, you'll get a lot more coverage for Caruso's rant than you'll get for someone yeah. who's died in the stadium. It's just, it happens all the time, so... Yeah, and then it's a problem. Nobody really seems it's to care. It's a problem with society as yeah. football. It's, you know, you walk down the street in the centre of Buenos Aires and if people are doing some work on, let's say, some metal work on the side of the street... Yeah. There's no signage up, there's no pedestrians you might not oh, yeah. want to walk through this bit of... They'll just get out the... <laughs> yeah. They'll just start some welding in the middle of the pavement without any eye protection on themselves, yeah. without bothering about what, the pe- what, what pedestrians are doing or whatever. It, it's a very, you know, similar... You see it from... No, you see it all over the place as well, like people that will cross in the middle of a busy avenue in front of a bus and get past it, you know, with a matter of, you know, a split second, just so that, you know, avoid getting totaled by a like, 10-ton killing machine. Absolutely. Same, anyway, with tra- same with the trains, you know, crossing. I do it as well across the train tracks when the red lights are on. You know, uh, that's the that's the hand pod rant of the week over. Anyway, um, <laughs> not right really now, a rant. I don't think. When I'm gonna when I'm going to play Mystic Sam's theme music, and when we come back this time, I am going to do it. Um, <laughs> I will give you my predictions for the weekend to come. Here we go. I can't remember what I got last week. I've not really been checking, to be perfectly honest. Although the week before that, apparently I got five out of five, and I thought I'd done this is a five out of ten, and I thought I'd done pretty well, pretty poorly. So there we go. Um, first of all, we have. God, is it start? Yes, right here we go. Uh, we have Colón versus All Boys. I think that's going to end in a draw. Quilmes uh, to beat Vélez Southfield in Niñez. Belgrano versus Independiente. I think is going to finish in a draw. Racing versus Godoy Cruz is going to be a draw as well. San Martin versus Lanús, draw. Oh, the truth. Lanús have drawn a lot recently as well. That's the thing that's tipped it for that one. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they have the. You know, uh, River Plate are unbeaten in hard. twelve home games. And I think they've won something like eight of them. I think they're going to get another home win here against Atletico Rafaela. Uh, Newell's Old Boys, however, will stay three points clear of River in the title race by beating Boca Juniors regardless of what the two teams actually put out Arsenal de Sarandí versus Tigre I'm afraid Santi I apologise that I'm predicting an Arsenal win for that one Estudiantes versus Argentinos Estudiantes win San Lorenzo versus Unión I'm going to go for a draw which would relegate Unión but as I said earlier I think they're going to go down kicking and screaming um, and that is that's, that's your lot it's about so six or seven draws Yes, quite a few of them. It's almost if I'm sitting on the fence, isn't it? Have we got any, obviously, apart from your own team's fixtures, are there any matches that really stand out for you? You've got to say Newell's v. Walker. It's yeah. Be, it's going to be the match. And also the Independiente and Argentinos games, like, everyone's going to be watching them. Mm. Indeed. Um, who's River playing against? Emiliano Diaz is coaching River once again. Oh, yeah. um, Ramon Diaz got... Uh, 
third time this season. How can he get expelled so much? It's just like Saga, I think. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows that. Well, the, likes it. the first one was the away game to San Lorenzo where mm-hmm. they turned out for the first half. They turned yeah. up ten minutes late. Ten minutes late. Because of the re- supposedly because of the rerouting of their team coach. So that was one. I can't remember what the other two were for. This weekend just gone, I think it was for arguing with yeah, the ref. The other one might well have been coming out late for the second half. Um, needs to buy a new watch then. It clearly <laughs> does, doesn't it? Yeah. Or is Emiliano timekeeping it? No, well, there is delivery. Still five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Against, against San Lorenzo, he supposedly they were told what he said afterwards. That they were told that the match was going to start at ten past, and it actually started on on the hour. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that was probably Emiliano. <laughs> oh, yeah, that must have been that. Emiliano, yeah. <laughs> Rupert Brown knows about that, because that has been mentioned. Mm. Uh, yeah, apart from that, the San Lorenzo Union's going to be interesting. Yeah. Union, as I say, could be relegated, but also San Lorenzo can keep up the relegation, uh, can keep up the title charge, sorry, yeah, with, a, with well. a win. Uh, I think it's really. Because we said earlier, a month ago weren't clear of relegation still. Though. Exactly, yeah. And as we said earlier, San Lorenzo are the only one of those three teams who are within six of Newell's and, and the chasing pack mm. that the media are actually saying this lot are six points behind they're ignoring the fact that Arsenal and Godoy Cruz are also six points behind and yet at the same time they're arguably the most surprising of those three yeah. to be that high up in the table um, I so really want to see the Belgrano Independiente match um, yeah. I've, I've, I've been following the yeah very, it's, it's going to be very interesting, interesting. Mm. I've, I've been following the Independiente matches for, for quite a long time it's, been, uh, been, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty funny, intense funny business guy yeah it's pretty intense and Belgrano does, I mean, there's a lot of these teams who aren't, as we say, no están jugando por nada. They're, they aren't playing for anything right now. But well, Belgrano is playing, playing for the Sudamericana. So you yeah. got Belgrano playing for the Sudamericana on a home match. You always want to win on a home match. And Independiente, of course, uh, they, have to, they have to pull off a nice result there. So yeah. I, I think it's going to be a, a tight match. I think I was picking up when I was writing my previews. I think I picked up there are only two games this, this weekend coming that don't involve any even like when neither team is playing for anything I think it's Colón All Boys and the other one was uh, I think it was Arsenal Tigre actually because Arsenal obviously won't qualify yeah, for yeah. Sudamericana oh, right. we're no, sorry, six no, Arsenal, points Arsenal, behind Arsenal as we said are in the relegation uh, in the title race aren't they yeah. yeah so I can't remember who the other who the other oh Racing Godoy Cruz no Godoy Cruz is also six there. points behind the and Racing in the Sudamericana anyway <laughs> okay Colón All Boys actually might be the only one in that case because I can't work out who the other would be um, San Lorenzo Union no San Lorenzo Oh yeah, it's the same as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, are sort of holding on still. For, wow, uh, come on, great yeah. Line. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to clarify, in case it wasn't clear enough already, if Union don't win this weekend, they're down. If they do win this weekend, then they're still going down. Yeah, it won't be mathematically confirmed for another week at least. Uh, and that's all we're going to say for this week. We hope you've enjoyed this this episode. Um, for now, it's goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye. Goodbye from Argentine Santi. Bye, everyone. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.